0: First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. West side when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. me, trying to see me, weak hearts are ripped. Vicky Smalls and Junior Mafia, some more ass bitches. We keep on coming while we running for your dues. Steady gunnin', keep on bustin' at the booths. You know the rules. Little Caesar, go ask your homie how I leave you. Cut your young ass up, leave you in peace. Now be deceased. Little Ken, don't fuck around with real G's. Put the snatch your ugly ass off the streets. So fuck peace. I let the niggas know it's all for life. Don't let the west side ride tonight. <laughs> Bad boy murdered on wax and killed. Fuck with me and get your caps filled.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Not A Real Veteran Podcast. We appreciate you guys for being here, and we've got some really intense issues to talk about tonight in the world of military service and libertarianism, so let's get to it. all right guys i hope you like the new timer video in the beginning bootleg put that together and i think it's pretty dope i can't not dance when i listen to party in the usa but without further ado as always my beautiful wonderful co-host flygon a wild flag on appears.
2: Do you like peeps? You look like the kind of guy that likes peeps.
1: I, do. I love peeps.
2: Have you ever roasted them over a fire?
1: Uh, no, I, I just roasted normal marshmallows.
2: That might be cool. Yeah, dude, the intro is pretty sick. Um, <laughs> we got a whole urban thing going on. It felt very yeah. urban, but it was also hilarious, dude. I love mashing up songs that seem like they don't go together. That's like right? literally one of my passions. So hells <laughs> yeah, bootleg
1: mashing up songs and pretending to be a Pokemon. I gotta ask you, why why Flygon? Why would you choose a third generation Pokemon? I mean we're we're like real old school Pokemon age, not third generation.
2: Um I like Flygon. Flygon, I don't know, he looks sick. He's got very interesting evolution. Uh there's a lot of weird stuff with Flygon. I like Flygon. Um, I'm not really down with like the brand new ones. The last like I don't know, uh five generations are crazy, man. They're like spaceships and trash Swords, cans and trash bags, yeah. No yeah. shit.
1: They've really gone downhill since the old good old Pokemon days. Is Flygon your favorite?
2: No, Typhlosion's my favorite. Typhlosion probably, See, that
1: that would be mm, cool.
2: Yeah, Typhlosion's awesome. Matchamp matchamp. I say matchamp.
1: Four arms or two arms? What do you call Four arms. Oh, two arms is that. machoke. Macho- Machoke, that's right. Yeah, but I go Wailord because he's massive and badass, and then probably Magmar, then Ninetales, and then Bulbasaur. I like all of them, but uh, what the fuck are we doing? This is Respect. not a Pokemon podcast. And we're um, supposed to
2: be talking about peeps.
1: Seriously, man, what are we doing? We're getting way off. But Let's get these ad reads out of the way because we got to keep the money rolling in. So, without further ado, Tom452.com. That is Thomas Daniel Queter for State Senate in New York. Uh, the man is brilliant. He's got a lot of good ideas, and he runs better than the government, and he's actually 7'2 in person and played briefly for the Washington Wizards. You might not know that about him, but check out his Lpedia page. That's Lpedia.org. Sir Braxton.
2: Crowned by Gold, book three of the Royal Green Series. It is a great read. It is oh. very – Oh.
1: It's Jack Casey's birthday. So while we're doing this ad read, let's just make sure we say happy birthday to the man himself, Jack Casey, and thank Absolutely. you for supporting happy our birthday. podcast. Yeah, but so I'm wait,
2: sorry. what's what's his zodiac sign? If his birthday's today, what where are we at? Sagittarius, right?
1: I think he may be. No, that's that's no. December. Oh. Um, oh. let's look it up. Anyways,
2: the Royal Green books are great reads. They're very affordable, and they're a must-have book on your bookshelf. Not one but two people sponsor us to sponsor the Royal Green. So if that tells you anything, that's like a sixth of our audience, and they demand that we rep the book. So
1: That's right. And – is Libra, by the way. And the Alaskan Raven, Ooh. for all your meme needs, please follow the Alaskan Raven at Slick Crow if you need any memes made. And we don't have an image for this, but unfortunately we are no longer sponsored by the Radical Caucus. That's okay. I'm not a member anyway. But we are sponsored by the Redacted Caucus now, so we'll try to get some sweet graphics up for them. But follow the Redacted Caucus on Facebook or, shoot, if you can find them. They're always getting their pages banned and disappeared. But they will be here in Oklahoma this weekend at all the Spike Cohen, Larry Sharp, Natalie Bruno events. So get ready for that. Um, And lastly, follow us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. That's Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify.
2: Also known as everywhere.
1: As everywhere possible. That's right. Oh, we do have one more. Go for it, Brax.
2: The Greasy Porcupines Mobile Auto Repair Service. They come to you. They service your vehicle and you pay them what you think they deserve. I guess yeah. that you sounds can't beat that. Uh, no, you couldn't if you
1: tried. Couldn't if you tried.
2: Why would you try?
1: Well, I don't know. But let's get into the issues. That is what we're here for tonight. Let's start with something that's been plaguing me intensely which is the Taiwan-China conflict. Um, So if you guys don't know, Taiwan, I should probably have done more research on this, but they broke away from China and declared independence at one point. And essentially the Western world fully supported that move. Um, But China has never actually relinquished that claim. Uh, To the Chinese people, Taiwan is a rebellious, occupied territory of revolutionaries, not a sovereign nation. Um, America, we recognize it as a sovereign nation, which is why we call it Taiwan, but they actually refer to themselves as the Republic of China. So we have the people's Republic of China, which is not a Republic. It's a communist dictatorship. And then we have the Republic of China, which we refer to more casually as Taiwan to not confuse the two. Um, but what's happening right now is that China is really stepping up their military presence. They're flying jets all over Taiwanese airspace and just near edging and edging, closer and closer to it. Um, They are making kind of idle threats. I mean, maybe not idle, but they're pretty much saying they're going to pursue every avenue possible to get Taiwan back as part of the PRC. Um, So it's bad right now. And what's really fascinating, Braxton, which is the article I sent you a minute ago, is that some B-1 Lancers, which are Americans, one of America's bombers, have started landing at Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. Which is pretty much saying we're getting interested. We're uh, starting to step up our presence over there, probably to prepare for this because that's kind of the only thing going on. Um, dude, you know, I thought Cuba, it was
2: uh, I thought it was Diego Garcia that we sent. It the was B-ons Diego
1: to. Garcia. Is that is that in the Philippines as well?
2: No, dude, it's in the uh, southern Indian Ocean, or it's in the south oh. part of the Indian Ocean. Um, we <laughs> left there a little while back. That's kind of a controversial base because the British government kicked all. Of, all the inhabitants out to put a wow. base there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, but dude, yeah, it's uh, I knew about that. I had it on my dream sheet every year, even after they stopped sending us troops there, because that's where the U S government uh, kept the all spark, or I mean the shard of the all spark, not the whole all spark.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So man. it's near Guam. Interesting, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I got those completely confused, but still very interesting. So go ahead
2: uh clark's probably close too isn't it or is it still Clark's there? closed
1: yeah clark's closed that's why i thought it was so fascinating um but it's interesting that we're stationing bombers back there again um that's a, that might that's be a my favorite change. jet yeah you know i see him over here in oklahoma city sometimes but now you Udeed, they were there all the time always waking us up at night i got to go in one once
2: i was dude you sent me a picture of one but the the article that you sent me I couldn't see the tail number on it, so I can't cross-reference the two to see if the B-1 and the tail number that you sent me is the same as that B-1. But there's not that many B-1s out there, so it might be the same exact one. That'd be sweet.
1: Probably right, yeah. Those things are freaking badass. They fly with four F-16 engines, and so they're loud as hell. Then whenever you see them taking off at night, you just see blue flame behind them. You said they have to take off with
2: their afterburners on, right?
1: Yeah, they take off with their afterburners on, and I've always heard this. I've never read it in an like, official place, but uh, they take off supposedly on like a quarter tank of gas because mm-hmm. they can't take off. They're too heavy to take off full of fuel, so mm-hmm. they basically take off on a quarter tank and then immediately get air refueled as soon as they get you know, high enough altitude. Nice. Um, maybe that's not completely accurate, but I know a lot of airplanes are kind of like that, so it would, it would not surprise me. And everywhere that I've seen B1s, you also see a lot of air refuelers close by, mm-hmm. KC-135s. So um, it would make sense. Sweet. Air power. Air power. So, dude, what do you think about this? Because here's, here's where I am, right? I, um, I've had to kind of go through a lot of logic in my own uh, heart and mind with this issue. Um, to me, I mean, I hate the Chinese government. I hate them. I hate them for taking Hong Kong back. And Taiwan is even more of a separate entity than Hong Kong was. Um, So that just is really, you know, churning my stomach to realize that they're stepping this up and starting to make these threats. Um, But at the same time, you know, OK, so the the old neocon part of me wants to say we should go over there and defend them. And I mean, hey, we're America, where freedom is threatened somewhere. We should show up. Right. But the logical libertarian side of me realizes that, you know, it's it's not our business. And if I'm not willing to go over there and risk my life personally, I absolutely can't ask anybody else to or or more likely force them to, which is what military service is more accurately, um, you know what it is. Um, But what do you think, man? I mean, do you feel like what is our role in defending freedom in general around the world? Because we as libertarians love liberty. We love freedom. We hate to see a place like that squashed by a dictatorship. But at the same time, nothing should be compulsory. So how do we reconcile those two ideas?
2: Yeah, that's very true. Um, I wonder, because what what does Taiwan call themselves? The, the Republic, Republic of, of China. China. Mm-hmm. So they still identify with China as what is like a heritage or as like a nationality or ethnicity or they they identify with them to some extent, obviously. Right. Sure.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't understand it fully, to be completely honest Mm -hmm. with you. I don't know what language they speak in Taiwan, if they have their own language, Taiwanese or something. Um, I'm not sure. But I know that, you know, they're close enough to China. It's an island, but they're close Mm -hmm. enough to China to have a lot of the same culture and and heritage and stuff like that. Um, So I can understand Mm -hmm.
2: that. But I don't stay entrenched in, you know, like world affairs like you do. But I do know that. You know, there's some Eastern philosophy that's just so different than Western philosophy. Um, I don't like the Chinese government any more than you do, um, but I do think that something you have to consider is I think there's probably a fair amount of Chinese who um, they don't feel like they're oppressed. They they probably they have no problem being kind of like an ant in the colony, uh, and I know the standard of living there is actually steadily been going you know way up. You know they. I don't know if that makes a huge difference, but they speak Cantonese.
1: They speak Cantonese. That's what they speak in Hong Kong as well. I didn't realize that. That's fascinating. Okay. I know that's kind of I think the second most popular language in China. But thank you, Stephen. Always full of good stuff, man. Hell yeah! Um, and by the way, to everybody who commented in the last twenty minutes, I'm so sorry. I did not realize the comments were off, so I'm just now seeing all this stuff. Let's go through. Jack Casey sinus the <laughs> Thank you JP and Ginny, of course the best with fuck Jack Casey can't argue with that even on his birthday. Um, but yeah man so I'm sure that philosophy has a lot to do with it but it's interesting I mean they're they're a free country you know they're a democracy. Um, they have free markets. Um, they produce a lot of goods for us and so to me it seems like even with all of the uniquenesses of Eastern culture versus Western culture, seems like they've definitely kind of like Hong Kong adopted enough Western ideas to hold true to and to keep themselves, you know, based in liberty.
2: Well, you know, my thoughts were as libertarians, not blaming the libertarians, but I'm just saying as a country, we can't even make our own country a safe haven for freedom and liberty for other oppressed people to come to. So why are we going to spend billions of dollars, you know, and obviously if the situations warranted it, uh, That'd be one thing, but I mean, what can you do? What is our government actually willing to do against China? What are they willing to risk, uh, you know, causing world war three over? I don't know. I think if we were going to help the Taiwanese general Milley would make sure to give China fair warning.
1: (laughs) He freaking would that traitor man. It's true. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. We have to take care of the problems we have at home. Um, I think of it like liberty kind of being a flame, uh, which is funny because we call it that all the time. That's that's not I'm not the first one to think of that. But um, but, you know, it's how do we keep it alive permanently? And if it dies out in Taiwan, that sucks. But if it dies out in America, then it's definitely going to die out in Taiwan and probably everywhere, to be honest with you, because we're kind of the last beacon, the last bastion of liberty in the world. Um, where there's still a culture of people who actually love freedom. And it's not to say that our government reflects that or that the average American reflects that, but we still exist here. There's still a lot of people who are willing to fight, who know the precious um, you know, nature of the Second Amendment and the right of people to have power over their government. So that really, those mindsets exist all over the world in small numbers, but nowhere like they do in America. So it almost seems like to do the best thing for Liberty in general would be to foster it here and fight for it here for right now.
2: Well, dude, the memes, you know, be the U S that Hong Kong thinks you are, be the U S Canada thinks you are, be the U S that Australia thinks you are, you know,
1: that, that
2: touches me in my feels.
1: Damn right, man. But, you know, I think we should um, take some refugees if it gets to that point, all of them, honestly, whatever it takes, because yeah, we have to be, bastion of liberty we have to show people that we're we stand for it against all odds we're not going to just let them fall to a dictator um i was looking all over the internet for fuck xi Jinping shirts today and i couldn't really find one i wanted i saw some that were like making fun of the winnie the pooh thing and stuff but i'm probably going to make some shirts that just say fuck xi Jinping. so uh maybe we can do that but anyway man so question then so let's say it did happen and they did invade what's up juan welcome welcome and they did invade Taiwan. Uh, would you ever consider going over there and fighting yourself?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, broadly, yes or no. It's not a. It's not a hard answer either way. Um, I can't see a scenario where that would actually be likely. Like I don't think anyone's going to ask me. Uh, <coughs> The airman formerly known as Airman Basic Voorhees, you know, I, hey, you want to go to <laughs> Taiwan? Um, however, I mean, yeah, if you're going to fight for something, of course, it ought to be liberty. Even someone else's sure. liberty. So, I mean, it's not that, but.
1: So, they actually have compulsory service. So, anybody who moves there and becomes a Taiwanese citizen has to be in the military for, I think, two years. Uh, what do they call that? Inscription? Mm-hmm. Um there's another word for it, though, isn't there? When a country does it automatically for a certain amount of time?
2: Not that I know of.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, um, I said an inscription. Conscription. You said Sorry conscription. Sorry about that. I did? I heard okay. conscription. Okay, good. Well, um, anyway, man, so you can go over there. I think foreigners can just go over there, and if they become a citizen, they have to serve. I don't know how that works with the language and stuff, but um, – yeah, Israel does that. There's a lot of countries that do that around the world, actually. It's a pretty big thing. Um, I don't believe that's right in America by any means. I don't believe it's right, period. Um, I think you know, good ideas are worth fighting for. You're not going to have to force people to fight for them. Um, you know, if they really love their country, they'll defend it. But anyway, man, so what I don't have to ask you, because what I know about you and me and probably most of the people watching this video, if that China ever showed up on our borders, we would fight automatically. It wouldn't even be a question. Um, as much as I hate California, I'd even go defend those bastards for the sake of liberty itself and for keeping America safe. Um, but traveling across the ocean to fight for the Taiwanese, yeah, that's that's probably a stretch for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave the people that I love and my family and my life here for that. Um, it wouldn't be worth it. So, being honest, well. Anyway, so that's sad. Guys, keep up on that. If you uh, haven't read about the Taiwanese-China conflict, keep up on it. Speak up. Nobody in China can hear you, unfortunately, because they're blocked from all of our social media platforms. But uh, maybe you can empower the people in Taiwan. Give them some hope. Give them some support. Um, You know, Hopefully, at least we can send them guns and stuff. I'm cool with that. Our tax dollars are already wasted on a ton of shit. If we could sneak them some guns um, and ammunition and get some help, even – You know, if contracting companies wanted to get over there and start helping, like Blackwater and stuff like that, they don't exist anymore, do they?
2: I think they have a different name now. I think that organization—I think it's the same organization, slightly different, but
1: that's right. Okay.
2: Maybe they can buy all of the weapons we left uh, in Afghanistan for the no shit,
1: no shit, man. If if only, if only it was that easy. But anyway, guys, follow that conflict. Give them their support, and we'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated on it week after week. Um, what was the next topic we had up? Well,
2: we asked for we asked for help today on the Facebook, and we had two things related to uh, the VA, so veterans' healthcare. Um, Neil just kind of asked, "What are good?" Libertarian solutions to the VA problem that we have, and he voiced some concerns. And then uh, Travis Johnson, huge shout out to the Bull in Minnesota. Um, he shared some of his solutions, and I think we should address both of that. So Will, with your BS and healthcare administration, and as a lifelong libertarian since 2014, what's the uh, libertarian answer to the Department of Veteran Affairs?
1: So that's a good question, man. So I used to be a part of this organization called Veterans for Peace, and uh, they're awesome because they are anti-war. And so they're a big veteran coalition against war. And one time I got a piece of mail that was from them and it talked about um, the fight against privatization of the VA. And uh, when I read that letter, I canceled my membership and I I sent them an email and I said, hey, I support the anti-war side of this, but uh, I absolutely don't support socialized medicine. And uh, this is not the only way that we can do things. So, when, go ahead, man.
2: Oh, just to be clear, that wasn't just on principle. That's a scary idea as far as the quality of care. I mean, exactly. the principle thing's huge, but yeah, you're you're not saying that to be the libertarian edge lord. You didn't just cancel your subscription based on principle. That's just truly a terrible idea.
1: Exactly, man. And that's that's a beautiful thing about libertarianism is in general is that we stand on these firm principles. Um, and we can come at things completely from a moral argument, and those arguments are fantastic. But because those principles are also true, we can also come from things from a completely logical, scientific, mathematic, economic argument, and still be right, because those principles hold fast across the entire spectrum. So we know that socialized medicine does not work. We know that the more we get government involved in things, the worse it is. Um, but the VA is an interesting subject for me because, right? Every libertarian's against, you know taxation. We're against taxes being used for things um, like healthcare and such. Um, But the VA is a place, and I might be biased since I'm a patient, but it's a place that I I understand the reasoning because everybody who served in the military, whether it was compulsory or voluntary, um, signed those contracts and agreed to kind of give their life up for a period of time. Um, A lot of them got injured and got some really serious mental problems based on the things that the U.S. government forced them to do. So I understand that based on that contractual agreement, just like any other workplace, just like if you get hurt on the job at a construction company, um, or if you get PTSD as a cop or anything, you know, um, or private security, that you have a right to be compensated from that company and, and to for them to, you know, at least make things right with you. Um, so I think that the VA has to exist as long as we are sending people to war, um, some in some form. Um, so Go ahead.
2: Well, and even better, it's almost like, you know, when you are having conversations with people about why America should have, um, if you don't want to say open borders, you know, you certainly can say a more open immigration policy. One of the first things people say is like, oh, they're just going to come over here and get on welfare, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, that's the magical thing. Like, I'm a libertarian. I don't believe in welfare. Um, I think it's a sort of a similar situation because obviously, mm. ideally, we, there would be way less wars. And, I mean, because, like, we're just now starting to see, and I know none of the numbers, but a lot of the resources that we're giving to the VA is being used to treat, like, the mainly Vietnam vets are the ones whose health are really deteriorating, obviously, right? Because they're in that age group. Um, We don't have that many left Mm -hmm. of the greatest generation. Uh, Same with the Korean War. But Mm -hmm. Vietnam vets is what's really, uh, you know, costing the money no fault to them so i mean we don't know the full effects of what the global war on terror is going to cost uh through the va their healthcare, until you know many years from now
1: absolutely dude and it'll, it'll probably be bad because of what they're figuring out about the burn pit stuff kind of similar to the agent orange for the vietnam guys mm. um just to rag on the va a little bit something hilarious happened to me today i got a letter in the mail from the va and uh, it was stamped October 18th. So it's was like, well, okay, that's interesting. Um, it was a, an appointment reminder for an appointment I had on October 7th. So 11 days after my appointment, they uh, decided to send me a reminder letter and stamp it that day. Pay for postage. Just send me a letter for an appointment that already happened. I'll share a picture of it on the Veteran Caucus because I think it's hilarious. But um, anyway, just a rag on them. But, you know, the VA um, is honestly probably better than a lot of the private sector Healthcare systems we have now, specifically because there is no real private healthcare in America, because all of those systems are so corrupted by government and so corrupted by insurance companies that they don't really function in a cash form how they should. You know, smoothly and efficiently like a free market would have them function. Um, they're completely overregulated, completely overburdened by red tape. Um, so we don't really know what a free market healthcare system even looks like or privatized healthcare in America. Um, but I would say that the VA still has a ton of problems. It's it's uh, super slow with a lot of things. They send their letters after appointment dates. Um, the ERs are backed up. They they have a lot of terrible, terrible issues. Um,
2: you know, experiences vary because I personally sure. know a good handful of people that love their local VA. They get, you know, really good care really quickly. But then you also have people that kill themselves, you know, in the waiting room or in the parking lot of the VA because they can't be seen. So sure. experiences vary, um, obviously, you know. There's stuff to work on. I was going to read uh, Neil's post, at okay, least most please. of it. Um, Neil Singleton said that the National Libertarian Party does not want to help veterans unless you believe in their ideals 100%. Uh, they want all VA healthcare privatized. Um, then he started going to the hypotheticals what if veterans receive the best plan available under the ACA? Um. there is one more well he said when doing so keep in mind you will need a plan that can be passed in a bipartisan manner to even get it to the floor um, sometimes the GOP or DNC is not the enemy some people representing them are well that's certainly true so basically he was expressing how difficult it is to get some libertarians that he's talked to on board with certain ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what would your plans be as a veterans caucus for veterans? Explain how you would do it and get it passed into law. And keep in mind, you'll need a plan that could be passed in a bipartisan manner.
1: I, Neil, I feel to be I...
2: honest, you're asking for a lot there.
1: Yeah, Neil, um, we're libertarians we're not going to water down our plan because we don't think it'll pass tomorrow. If we were trying to get stuff passed tomorrow, we would be Republicans and that's why we're not. Um, but thanks. That's a great question. You know, the VA has something called the mission act, which got passed un- under Donald Trump. And basically that allows for a specific number of things such as uh, mostly primary care and urgent care for veterans to actually do those in a private setting. So for instance, right now I could go to an urgent care, here in oklahoma city um, without even asking my va doctor i think it's like three times a year or something like that and i have co-pays but i can just go there and uh, show them my va card and they'll build the va for it on my behalf and it's it's okay the va the va will pay for it so that's that's kind of one way that privatization has already you know ex- been expressed in the va system um, there's other ways too though for instance like if the va doesn't have enough beds for cardiology or any specific specialty or they're overbooked on appointments, they'll send their patients to uh, private doctors for those things. Um, same with the dentist. That happened to me last year. They, uh, they couldn't get me in fast enough for a dental appointment. I had some cavities um, probably from all the freaking diet seven up I drink. And so I got sent to a private dentist and they paid for that too. So privatization already exists in the VA a lot. It pretty much functions in those scenarios just like any other insurance company would. Um, So I don't see his fear in that regard of saying that libertarians wanting privatization. That's a good thing. Um, We don't want everything to be centrally managed. We know that when, you know, organizations are managed centrally, they tend to be less efficient and more wasteful um, and just more difficult to work with in general. So I think that. Yep. Sorry, Jenny, but um, yeah, so. That's what I think. And uh, I think privatization is great. I don't think that we should um, be afraid of that word or afraid of what that's going to look like. That doesn't mean that vets are always paying out of pocket for everything. The VA will still cover the things that they qualify for. It just means that they'll be able to go to private doctors to do it. Um, But as long as we're sending people to war, we should have a VA system to probably take care of them. Um, The solution is to send a lot less people to war. And so once that happens, um, we won't need that shit anymore and we can, you know, have better healthcare in general. Like I
2: said, after that, um, Travis Bull Johnson also commented, uh, he shared a link to his website where he has on his platform, he has as a solution to lowering veteran suicide, improving the help they get in his plan specifically. He wants them to keep their TRICARE whenever they get out and for them to be able to, you know, seek any sort of medical help, especially, uh, counseling, whether or not they've received a disability from the VA disability rating. So obviously he's saying, um, Hey, these people's lives are on the line. They're killing themselves, cut out the bureaucracy and let them guilt get the freaking help. And he he also offered to come on and explain that to everybody. And that is something we've got to do.
1: We should have bull on i don't know why we haven't had him on yet And he is a vet so he's got a great idea but i think that's a really really good point man because something that sucks about the va here's the thing you can be a va patient without disability you just have copays and honestly that's not that big of a deal i mean they're they're still cheaper than what most insurance is but you still have to apply for it you still have to get approved and everything like that and you're lower on a priority list when you have copays um in oklahoma city it's never been a problem it's never like they've said um oh, you're too low on the priority list, so we can't treat you. It just means that I'm going to wait longer than somebody who is priority one, which is probably like, you know, Vietnam guys and stuff like that. Um, But people who even aren't in the VA system should have access to that counseling. You're absolutely right because, man, the scars of war, we can't even, you can't even comprehend or explain that. Like what that does to people, the PTSD, um, man, luckily you and I had cushy, times in the military and we didn't have to experience anything like that i'll speak for myself dare you (laughs) i i think that you would have told me by this point our friendship if you saw somebody die and have their their head blown off um but i know friends who have you know i know friends who had to pull dead bodies out of broken you know the the collapsed buildings and stuff so um they absolutely suffer from that still um those people need access to counselors and especially even even people who might not have ptsd and stuff but who are transitioning from a military service which is, by the way, institutionalization. That's exactly what it is. They completely brainwash you and put you in a really secluded environment and then expect you to go live in the real world again. Um, so even people like that definitely need <laughs> definitely need access to that counseling and stuff. Yeah, guys, I'm suing Matt Lacey, by the way. Here's the GoFundMe link. Um, what is
2: a Matt Lacey?
1: I'm trying to remember what this was about. He said something – he insulted me on Facebook once and it was, it was pretty deep. It cut pretty deep. I I had to see my counselor directly after. So I started to go fund me to help me sue him. Um, I don't think it's got any money, but I appreciate that, Sean. Um, let's see. Wow. Jenny, I've, I've never thought about that. Um, are you talking about more like specific female specializations like OBGYN and stuff like that? Are you just saying in general, you feel like, um, the military prioritizes men over women.
2: Is there a gender wage gap in the military?
1: Uh, no. Well, there probably is. Well, that's a great question. I would say probably because men are more likely to have combat and hazard pay than women are, I bet. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of. Obviously, there's not a wage gap in like the general salaries and stuff, but if you are more likely to get combat pay... Oh, dude,
2: that's something we should have brushed up on more so we could talk about. The very first transgender four-star admiral. What? Yeah, hang on. I don't know about that.
1: This is great. I'll pull it up. Hold on.
2: Yeah, Google it because it actually brings a couple of issues. Number one, I didn't understand that there were, like, they don't call it honorary. It's technically not honorary. They are commissioned, uh, but you can jump straight from civilian to four-star admiral.
1: Wait, um, no, you can't. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, you can.
2: Uh, what? What's her name? Levine, which was the not the health secretary. Um,
1: oh, are you talking about the um, – not the Navy. You're talking about the U.S. He- Public Health Service, U.S.PHS.
2: Yeah, no, I didn't say Navy. I didn't say Surgeon General. Um, oh, you just although, said
1: Admiral. I yeah, heard – when I hear Admiral, I thought Navy. Okay.
2: Well, like most people, but also the Coast Guard, and apparently there's like 12 uniformed services. So, yeah, she's got the four stars – uh, I guess that means she gets paid as much as a four-star. Yeah. Um, very interesting.
1: I think there's seven uniform services. Um, oh, seven? The, the five branches of the military, the um, United States Public Health Service, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I think that's it. Um, interesting. What, what's really interesting about the last – the Coast Guard, the Navy, the USPHS, and the NOAA? N-O-A-A? is that they all wear the same uniforms so they all look like naval naval officers it's really interesting they don't have enlisted people in the u.s phs by the way only officers um but yeah they get navy ranks and they wear navy uniforms it's really dumb because they work in like prisons and native american health clinics and things like that i don't know why they need to wear military uniforms but that's a thing yeah. so okay so she's a four-star admiral that's uh, probably true probably based on her experience she could just be um, kind of gifted that that rank. That's kind of how that part of the uniformed services work. That's enough.
2: interesting, yeah. But, you know, we've had conversations recently and there's some attitudes amongst people who think that civilians should, their arguments don't hold a lot of weights when they're arguing with veterans about like foreign policy or veterans issues. But, you uh-huh. know, even uh, when I was just a fledgling libertarian, I thought it was very interesting because, you know, obviously we had to memorize our chain of commands. And I sure. thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. Cause it kind of taught me how I fit into the air force as a whole. Other sure. people gave zero regard to that. Like they couldn't tell you who like their commander's commander was. They had no sure. idea because you didn't really have to in the air force. I just thought it was interesting, but you know, the head of every department, it always ends up being a civilian. You know, I'll have, if you're Joe, you have, you know, a supervisor who's a sergeant, they have a supervisor who's a senior non-commissioned officer who's Uh, under a junior officer and then it goes officer, officer, officer until you finally get to civilian, a secretary of that branch. And then Uh the commander in chief, there's the secretary of defense, commander in chief, the president. So, I mean, I thought that was a pretty good system of checks and balances, how there's a, a couple civilians at the heads of all the branches of service.
1: I think that is important. It keeps us from having military coups and uh basically having military dictatorships which happens in a lot of places. So um, I completely agree. I think that having civilian control of the military is pretty important. I don't even think that former officers should be able to take a 2-year break and come back as a sec def or anything like that. I feel like the decisions in those places should basically be so rational and so separated from military culture and military ideology that they can, you know, do what's best for the people instead of doing what's best for the military. And I feel like somebody who's been in that institutionalization for so long um, can't really make those decisions clearly. Um, and like with Mattis, you know, they they like waived, didn't they waive the time period for him to have to be a civilian before he can go back and serve as the sec def? Was it yes. The sec def? yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um. so anyway, I, I don't even think that's right. I think that I think that there should be pure civilians, um, in those roles personally. Um, yep. And obviously, I have nothing against veterans and nothing against military. I am a vet, but I just feel like that's really important that somebody comes at, at that uh, that system with a fresh fresh slate, um, doesn't have those biases already built in, because obviously we have those biases built in even if we don't know it. So, um, yeah. So that's a good point, though. And then I
2: wonder because. Uh, I'm making stuff up in my own head now. For Secretary Austin, did he have to have the same sort of congressional approval to go from like a government contractor, a weapons manufacturer to being Secretary of Defense?
1: It's a good question. I doubt it. I would really doubt that the rules specifically say that. Um, There are some rules specifically with officers that when you get out of the military, you can't go serve as a government contractor right away either. But enlisted can, right? Have you heard that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Enlisted. Don't have a waiting period. Um, kind of makes sense. Yeah. But
2: I've I, I've heard of some jobs that, especially like in the intelligence community, um, where it's like a revolving door thing. Um, you're a reservist. So like you leave work, they throw you a party, give you a cake. Oh yeah. Bye Bob. We're going to miss you. And the next day you show up and you're just in civilian clothes, you know what I mean? And you're making three times the money and, but exactly. you're, you go right back to your desk. You're doing the same job, just wearing
1: comfy clothes. Yeah, one of my clients here, uh, I don't want to say exactly where he lives, but he w- was in the Army in Vietnam. He was an intelligence um, guy, but he was enlisted. But I think he made it all the way to – to um, what's he, seven in the Army? Sergeant Major? No, that's – Sergeant First Class. Sergeant First Class. He made it all the way to Sergeant First Class, and he did that exact thing. On Friday, he retired, um, and he was friends with the officers above him. He knew all the officers. Of course, he'd been with them for a long time. And on Monday, he dropped his uh, – contract plan on their desk and it got approved like immediately because he already knew them um Mm -hmm. and then he worked as a contractor doing the exact same thing for a long time and got paid a lot better so that absolutely happens a lot and that's that's a problem we should discuss more often but you know janet yellen is the freaking secretary of treasury and she was also a board member of the fed so there's just obviously a lot of problems with our checks and balances they they exist but we've got a lot of holes in them clearly we need to um, do a lot more to separate our government from military, from um, private corporations, and obviously from the Federal Reserve, any kind of financial institution. We need to make sure that we're not installing people who have ulterior motives besides doing what's best for the American people. But hey, if you keep government small and local and out of people's business, you can't have that problem anyway. So that's the real solution. We can make a thousand laws. We'll break every single one of them. Just keep government localized.
2: We should draft a bill to that effect and call it the guillotine bill. <laughs> I like
1: that or the tar and feather bill.
2: Mm. Both I think guillotine's more catchy. Tar and feather's a little bit more my style, but <laughs> it is.
1: I've been there's a guillotine choke in jujitsu and a lot of people say guillotine and it just
2: Well, dude, I think that's a jujitsu thing. I think that's been said so much, like that's literally like a colloquial way to say that. I can't
1: do it. I will never be able to pronounce that word incorrectly. Um yeah, it makes. It's like saying tortilla. Like I I respect you for your do, colloquial version, but
2: Do you know what I think it's more like? I think it's more like saying salmon.
1: That's awful. Why would anybody say salmon?
2: A bunch of people do it. I'm not sure.
1: I don't understand people, man. Okay. Um let's see. All right, we touched on VA healthcare. we have touched on a lot of things. Let's talk about Colin Powell, probably the good way to close the show. So what really bothered me about Colin Powell's death, and like obviously I don't, I'm not like dancing on the man's grave. Like people died, that's really sad. I feel bad for his family, um, especially since it was COVID nineteen comp- complications. Um, Wait, but was that so, make it worse? Uh, because it was unexpected. Because it's it's not like he died of old age or you know something okay. they could foresee for a long time. He got sick and he died, and that's sad. All right, fair. Um, because COVID's the devil, Braxton, and we're in a pandemic, and we need to take everybody's freedom away and stop, fight this. So there's that. Um, no, but what frustrated me about his death is that I was seeing all of these, you know, liberals and leftists posting things, and like uh, this one state representative from Stillwater, who I know personally, posted something and said that, uh, you know, rest in power, Colin Powell, super liberal, super leftist. Liberal is a bad word for. Her. She's a leftist, but it blew my mind, um, and I can't help but think race has something to do with it, man. Because it's like, okay, this guy was a conservative, and then. Despite that, he was a warmonger and by principle he's, you know, responsible for a lot of deaths and a lot of damage in this world. Um, so for me to see them idolize him, I don't think they did that with John McCain. I don't think they did that with uh, anybody else. I feel like it's kind of they a did that with
2: John McCain a little bit just because how he did not get along with Trump. They did. Uh, I saw a lot uh, there was a lot of praise from right. the left, a lot more than you do say. So I mean, I think that's the difference um is that any sort of enormous government figurehead like that, I think it is in their nature to praise them.
1: You may be right. You've got a good point on on the John McCain thing. I was, I'm was i wrong in that. I didn't see it quite to the same extent that I saw stuff the last few days. Um, sure. And not not from the same people either. People who would never have cared about mentioning John McCain. But you're right, especially from like the mainstream media and stuff, they did praise him a lot. And you're right that probably him being anti-Trump and um, drawing a line in the sand there probably had a lot to do with it. Um, but, dude, I've got an Oklahoma Libertarian Party Executive Committee meeting in 15 minutes, Yeah. and I need to prepare some stuff for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cut the show a little short today.
2: Surprise, uh, surprise. But, hey, tell, them <laughs> this, tell all those cool cats and kittens I said hi. You know I will, man. What do you got to plug? Plug, plug, plug. Hulu, Netflix – <laughs> destiny Two, is free on stream dune,
1: dune is coming out friday night i'm definitely gonna be watching oh, yeah. that on my hbo um and it's coming out in theaters
2: fantastic
1: rude patricia the <sighs> oklahoma libertarian party voted for me to be on the executive committee um we have a great party it's the best but uh yeah uh so uh, anyway guys follow the libertarian party veteran caucus if you don't already Follow Not a Real Libertarian, if you don't already. Uh, Natalie Bruno has some incredible events in Oklahoma this weekend. So if you're nearby, please come check us out. We're going to have Axe throwing with Spike Cohen Friday night. We're going to have a rally against the death penalty at the state capitol on Saturday. And we're going to have a banquet dinner for Natalie's campaign on Saturday night. Um, We're even doing clay shooting Sunday morning. Um, And most importantly... Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Time, an hour later than we usually do the show because of airline problems, bootleg libertarian will be right here on the big crusty couch doing an episode in person with me for Not a Real Libertarian. Um, that's all I got though, dude. Anything else?
2: Nope. Spectacular.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you as always for watching the show. We love you guys and we will see you next week right here. Later.